The following podcast is non-profit and is based on the IGCSE history curriculum. Hello all. In this episode, I'll be going over Hitler's consolidation of power from 1933 to 1934. To this day, the cause of the Reichstag fire is disputed by historians. One of the viewpoints is that the communists plotted to seize control over Germany, so they started the Reichstag fire. There was not much evidence of this. Goering, one of the most powerful figures in the uh, Nazi party, claimed that they had terror squads of 200 members who had planned to poison food and burn down buildings. Another belief is that van der Lubbe, a Dutch communist, set fire to the Reichstag by himself. There is significantly more evidence to this viewpoint. Firstly, the head of police, Rudolf Dales, said that van der Lubbe had some inflammable materials and matches in his pockets. Secondly, Goering swore that he and the Nazi party had nothing to do with it, as it was more of an inconvenience to them than beneficial. Thirdly, van der Lubbe himself claimed that he was previously a member of the Communist Party. However, he set the Reichstag alight all by himself. Finally, Karl Ernst, an SA leader in Berlin, said that van der Lubbe was an arsonist and lit his own fires. However, as the Nazi party were extremely anti-communist, some of these evidences may not be accurate. A third belief is that the Nazis started the fire by themselves and blamed the communists, using it as an excuse to ban all other political parties in Germany. One piece of evidence for this argument was that a British journalist claimed that on the night of the fire, Hitler said that he wasn't sure that the communists had started the fire, but hoped that it was them. Secondly, General Hadlock claimed that during Hitler's birthday lunch, Goering shouted that he was the only one who really knew about the Reichstag fire, because he started it. A third piece of evidence was that an underground passage was found to run from Goering's palace house to the Reichstag building where the fire was set. This meant that it was so easy for the Nazis to get to the building unnoticed and start the fire. <laughs> this evidence was backed further in a British textbook from 1998, which stated that the doors in the underground tunnel were all locked from Goering's side. As a result of the Reichstag fire, Hitler asked President Hindenburg to give him emergency powers, which he used to order the following. 1. Members of opposition parties to the Nazis were to be arrested and sent to concentration camps. 2. Enemies of the Reichstag, or basically just the Nazis, were to be executed, for example, the communists. 3. The SA, or Sturmabteilung, were allowed to search the homes of those suspected to be enemies of the state, so mostly communists. 4. All trade unions were banned and workers were banned from going on strike. 5. During the Reichstag elections of 1933, the SA were allowed to intimidate voters by watching them as they marked their votes on the ballot papers. Hitler called an election on the 5th of March, one week after the Reichstag fire. This was because he wanted to turn Germany into a dictatorship, and for that, the Nazis needed the majority of the seats in the Reichstag. Hitler ordered SAs to watch over politicians as they voted. This use of intimidation worked, and the Nazis were able to increase their seats to over one-third. However, they still needed the majority. Hitler came up with the Enabling Act, a law where Hitler could pass any new law that he wanted. 
However, for this, he would still need the support of two-thirds of the Reichstag. So, to increase Nazi support and decrease opposition, Hitler made a deal with the Catholic Centre Party for when he came in control. He also banned the German Communist Party from voting. Furthermore, he stationed SA in the Opera Hall, the new home of the Reichstag, to intimidate voters. Only 94 voters voted against the Enabling Act, while 444 voted for it. The Enabling Act was put in place on the 23rd of March 1933. Over 11 years of Nazi rule, the Reichstag only met 12 times to listen to Hitler's speeches. Democracy in Germany was literally dead. Hitler introduced the Gleichschaltung laws with the aim of controlling the lives of the German people. The first Gleichschaltung law was passed on the 31st of March 1933 and dissolved all of the Germany's state governments apart from Prussia. The second Gleichschaltung law was passed on the 7th of April 1933. Right governors who were approved by the Nazis were put in complete control of each state, with Hermann Göring in charge of Prussia for Hitler. Also in April, all Jews and political opponents of the Nazis were dismissed from civil service, while judges who opposed the Nazis were banned from working in the courts of law. In May, Hitler dissolved and banned and replaced all trade unions with the new trade union created by the Nazi party, called the German Labour Front, DAF. In 1935, Hitler introduced the acts hostile to the national community. This was so that Nazi party could legally persecute their opponents, mostly used against the communists. Hitler also created some pro-Nazi organisations, which they would use for propaganda. They made it compulsory to join these organisations. For boys, at six years old, boys would participate in Pimpfen. Then, at ten years old, the young German boys. And finally, Hitler Youth at 14 years. Through this, they were made into soldiers for fighting in World War II, and were taught to believe and follow Nazi ideology. For girls... Young girls would join the Young Maidens at the age of 10 before joining the League of German Maidens when they became 14. This taught them to become mothers and wives because Hitler wanted to increase the Aryan population and believed in traditional morals and values that women should stay at home and work at home. For workers, Kraft durch Freude, strength through joy, provided workers with holidays. This was so that they had less time to be involved in opposition groups and it also increased support as Germans were able to take holidays that they may not be able to afford if the government had not given them. Between the 30th of June and the 2nd of July 1934, Hitler ordered his SS to carry out the Night of the Long Knives. During this period, between 200 and 1,000 people, including leaders of the SA, Ernst Strom, and the people Hitler hated, were assassinated. Hitler purged everyone that might challenge his power murdering his way to dictatorship. The Night of the Long Knives virtually marked the end of the Nazis' civilised rule, with some even saying that this event was almost the start of the Holocaust. Many people are confused as to why Hitler murders his most loyal supporters. It was because Rome and the SA posed a clear threat to, Ro to Hitler's power. Rome was backed by three million SAs who were hungry for power and had began screaming insults and demands focused at Hitler in the streets. 
Hitler began to believe that the SA wanted to take over the army and bring about a new Nazi revolution. As Rom was an important public figure, Hitler had to have an important reason for executing him. He created falsified evidence that Rom had been paid by the French to overthrow Hitler. This was entirely false because Hitler only worried because Rom had the power to overthrow him and Rom was also homosexual, which went against Nazi Party's key values. After the Night of the Long Knives, President Hindenburg thanked Hitler because he disliked the violence that was caused by the SA. The army, who disliked the SA, also swore an oath of loyalty to Hitler. This was because they liked traditional practices and had nationalist views, wishing for one all-powerful leader. Overall, for Hitler, the Night of the Long Knives was a very successful event. On August 19th, 1934, after serving as president of the Weimar Republic for over nine years, President Hindenburg passed away due to old age. The German people were asked to vote on whether they supported the merging of president and chancellor. After over 95% of the population voted, 89% of voters voted in favour of Hitler. The next day, Hitler combined the offices of president and chancellor, assuming position as the Führer of Germany. He was now a dictator, and Germany had become the Nazi Germany dictatorship. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening.